You're very welcome along to another 15 for 30 podcast here on Balls.ie with me, Mick McCarthy. 15 for 30 is our weekly series on Balls.ie where we get the public to vote on their county's 15 for 30. It's a different county each week where football or hurling, we want you to decide your county's best 15, their best team of the last 30 years. So that's 1990 to 2019. This week, it's the Clare Hurlers we're looking at, a team very close to my own heart, as many of you will know. And we are going to talk to the great Syl O'Connor, the voice of Clare Hurling, and indeed football, on Clare FM for many, many a long year. People will know him, of course, if you're from Clare, you'll know his brilliant commentaries inside out from Clare FM, but even around the rest of the country, you'll know him. Definitely some of his pieces went uh, went viral or on the internet oh, um, when Clare won the All-Ireland in 2013. So really looking forward to getting Sills best team of the last 30 years from Clare. If you want to uh, have your vote, voting is up now since yesterday, since Monday, and will run all the way until Saturday morning when we will count them up and uh, reveal the official Clare Hurling 15 for 30. You can vote now on Balls.ie. Just go to the GEA section. It's easy to find. You type in your 15. We'll gather it all together. We'll count the votes and we'll get it out on um, Saturday. Also today, I will give my 15 for 30 later on in the show, at the end of the show. Look, I know nobody really wants to hear it, but indulge me. You know, you can you can turn off after sale if you want, no harm. But uh, anyway, we'll get to all that in a few minutes. I'm really looking forward to talking about Clare. Like, to be honest, outside of biases, a fascinating county in terms of where they came from, from in 1990, absolutely nowhere, to five years later being All-Ireland champions and really remaining at the top table then, winning it all again, I suppose, in 97 as well as in 2013. Before we get to the Clare stuff though, um, a couple of weeks ago, we've taken a little break from, from 15 for 30 for a couple of weeks, um, but we're back to it now. But the last one we did was Mayo, as you can imagine, a Mayo one, they love their football in Mayo and they love talking about Mayo. Um, uh, I say that with all love, of course, uh, but it was a great response. We had some great chats during the week and great debates and people really got into it. We had David Brady on this. If you haven't heard it, you can listen back to the podcast feed, um, who gave us a great interview. Uh, made a little bit of news at West actually as well when he um, said that uh, he thought Killian O'Connor was the best player he'd ever seen play for Mayo um, which I think made it into a couple of the, the western newspapers um, but the team he picked uh, you can listen back to it but the team that the Mayo public picked or the public in general um, the Mayo official Mayo 15 for 30 is as follows uh, David Clark in goals full back line of Kenneth Mortimer Kenneth Mortimer Kevin Cahill and Keith Higgins a half back line of Lee Keegan James Nallan and Colin Boyle midfield what a midfield this is Liam McHale and Aidan O'Shea a half forward line of Kevin McLaughlin Kieran McDonald and Alan Dillon and a full forward line of Conor Mortimer Andy Moran and Killian O'Connor a great team I'm sure the Clare team will be just as good we're going to get Sills right now Right, delighted to say we've got the, the voice of Clare Hurling, the great Syl O'Connor uh, from Clare FM on the line to give us his Clare 15 for 30. Syl, it's great to talk to you. Thanks so much for, for doing this. Thanks very much, Michael. And I'd love to say welcome to a sun-drenched County Clare today. But we'll pretend it is, but um, it's not. <laughs> We're back to Norman here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's July and uh, the GA is getting closer, so we have so we know the clouds are coming in. That's that's probably the way it works normally. Um, listen, it's it's been uh, um, Claire. Obviously, you know, I, I was saying to you before that you know a county close to my own heart, and I, I was saying it to the listeners as well. Like you know that this is one that I've been kind of waiting to do. We've done some yeah. very interesting ones across football and hurling, but like um, I've been kind of scribbling my team down myself for the last kind of like uh seven or eight weeks that we've been doing this series and i can't even get it you know because 
there's so much, um, I suppose, kind of like uh, emotional connection to the to the say the ninety five ninety seven team that it's very hard to kind of even compare it to anything that's come after because of how much they meant to the county. And I suppose that comes from the fact that when we start this thirty years nineteen ninety, you know, Clare are in the doldrums of the doldrums almost. You know what I mean? I think that, I think they scored one five in the championship in, in the championship match against Limerick in nineteen ninety, and they hadn't they won maybe I think four matches in the eighties. Like it's hard to explain to people who might have only been watching hurling in the last ten or fifteen or twenty years how bad Clare were for a, for a while there. It's impossible, uh, Michael. To be quite honest with you, and uh, I come from a era where the uh, mid seventies, or the, we said the the seventies was when I had the, the long hair down to the shoulders and I was heading off the tallest. And it, they were fantastic days. But week after week after week, we came home from Tullus from Munster finals, Munster championship matches. And uh, the hopes going down, of course, were wild hopes. And the hopes coming home were dead and buried time after time after time. I often wonder, but, you know, we, we talk about clear supporters, uh, they call it enduring that. It must have been absolutely uh, horrendous for the players. Uh, so disappointing. You know, I remember back to 72, 74, we didn't lose Munster Finals. We got hammered in Munster Finals mm. uh, at that particular time. We had, we had glorious, glorious days then in the mid-70s with the National League wins, which if you mention today to people, they'll say, so what? But that time it was unbelievable, the occasions on that, that time. Uh, 30,000 people greeting a team coming home from leagues. So when we moved on then, as we were talking about the 90s, and at that particular stage, you almost got used to the disappointment, but uh, what a transformation and what an occasion. Memories that are embedded forever. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, I mean, it, it kind of came on. We had, uh, you know, Clare eventually kind of got to Munster finals and had the big wins in the semi-finals, and as they'd been doing kind of on and off for 63 years and lost, hammered in two Munster finals. And then Sherlock Nan comes on the scene as a as a manager. He'd been there as a selector um, in 95, and it all kind of turns around. And I, I don't know from your own perspective, did you have a sense even kind of that year that, like, something feels a bit different this time that these lads, there was a kind of a manic intensity of like, we're going to do it or God only knows what we'll do if we don't win it this time. I'd love to tell you, I'd love to tell you here now, <laughs> you know, Michael, and, and, and generally that year, I saw this coming. If I did, to be the biggest bluff of all time, because you <laughs> see, before that, you talk about 93. I never forget 93 against Limerick inside in the Munster final, against Tipperary in Limerick. And I yeah. remember that particular day, a person tipped me on the shoulder. Uh, I was above in the, in, the, in the stand, tipped me on the shoulder, and they said, Sil, this game is over. i never forget it. And there was eight minutes gone. Because at that particular stage, people really, they were just like men on bicycles on that particular day. And it was dead. It was, the, the game was over. If, I didn't want to say it was over, but that was 93. We came along then with super hopes again in 94. And again, Limerick swept us aside below and told us on that occasion. So, you know, people can say, but the funny thing about that is if you look at both of those 93, 94 teams, an awful lot of those players were there again in 95. So it's quite obvious the approach, the mindset, the fire that, that, that Lucknan brought to this. And I suppose he was so sick of looking at Clare in Munster finals and he played in them himself. 
something had to happen. Somebody had to come along and shake this up and say, not acceptable. We'll do something different. He did that, and we're still celebrating. Absolutely, yeah. And look, a, a team of great players as well, and we'll talk about them as we go on as well. I don't want to denigrate, but I do kind of want to kind of connect people, I suppose, with the, mm. the emotional connection to them. And, and I, I figure that a lot of the voting will go for some of that team, and, and, and rightly so. But, you know, as kind of things went on then, and obviously, look, Nan kind of stepped aside. They had that brilliant run in 2002 where they got to the All-Ireland final, lost to Kilkenny. But kind of after that, there was a little bit of a... It felt like a kind of a slip again, I suppose, for a while. People like Claire were still on TV every week. You know what I mean? It was not, they never felt like they'd gone away. But in reality, they had. They barely won a match in the Munster Championship yeah. for, for a long few years. But I suppose then, kind of between the under 21 win in 2009 and then that brilliant kind of minor team that turned into an under 21 team that won three in a row, um, that obviously formed the basis of David Fitzgerald's 2013 team. And, you know, Outside of kind of maybe it was a one-off and maybe it was an off year for some teams and stuff like that, but the excitement that that team brought through the under-21s and through the, the type of skillful hurlers that Clare had not really even had, the, the skillful forwards and uh, and um, brilliant strikers of the ball and everything like that, that was kind of, it was almost a new departure for, for Clare fans to have these guys that were thinking, geez, this guy could be the, the best pure skillful hurler in the country and someone like Tony Kelly. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned there 2002 against Kilkenny in the All-Ireland and uh, that was the day of the, the, the DJs of this world turning it on. But Claire was mm. so close. I mean, like, I, I don't know, was it 19 or 25 they scored on that particular day? But, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess here the year. I might be out a year or two. But about four or five years after that, uh, Dalo, I think, was the uh, manager of the side and they played Cork above in Crow Park. And uh, yeah. what a day. Now, that was a massive day. They also played Kikini, I think, the following year. Well, but James yeah. McGarry inside and going, he saved a, a shot from Tony Griffin. It came off the front of his helmet. It came off the front yeah. of his head, his helmet on that particular day. Those little things, they were massive. They were massive yeah. from a player point of view, those particular games. And then we came along in in uh, 2009, I, I never forget Flower Field and Dungarvan and that particular evening, when finally something happened that we were waiting 45 years to happen was the Clare won a Munster Under-21 Holding Championship. And I suppose you can talk about players coming from that, but more than anything else, I can, there was a new sense of belief in Clare Holding and Clare supporters and all that. That was a massive stepping stone. And then we were fortunate enough in 10 and 11, two fantastic minor teams for the Cullum Galvins and Tony Kelly's of this world and uh, the Shane Amores. They all started off on that. on that, And then we know 12, 13, was it 12, 13 or 14? Three in a row under 21. Mm. And they were superb. It was a great platform. And, um, you know, some people believe to this day we didn't build properly on it. We did win the All-Ireland in 13. We did win the league in 16. But uh, there were super occasions, great players coming through and great success as well. Yeah. And I suppose as we go through this as well, that, that's like Claire's problem almost sometimes is that the great team comes along and maybe it doesn't kind of uh, evolve enough and maybe that's been a, an issue. But I suppose they weren't too far away. They've been two Munster finals recently and a puck of the ball or a width of the post away from an All-Ireland final two years ago. So, um, you know, the the days can still be bright ahead, I suppose, is, is the hope for Claire Hurland. But we're about looking back today, Sil. Yep. And uh, there's, there's plenty to look back on, as we've already kind of discussed. <laughs> by the way, that that uh, that semi final against Cork, the where Cork got the five points in a row to win by a yep. point, was uh, that was that's 05 and that's I I 
I think that might have been the lowest I've ever been leaving a leaving a ground. I have to say, because uh, cool. they they didn't even get the goal. They didn't even come and destroy it. It was just it was just one score after another, and Claire kept hitting wides and. Oh, the, yeah. the, the the near misses are the ones you take with you, aren't they? For some reason. Can I hang up no Michael? <laughs> no, all positive from here on in, I promise. We're gonna start we're gonna start uh, and get your team. Uh people have been voting since yesterday. They can vote all the way to Saturday. Just go on to balls.ie uh into the GEA section and you'll be able to vote for your fifteen, uh the best Claire fifteen in the last thirty years. Goalkeeper, uh Sil, you won't be surprised to know, has a massive leader already. I absolutely. I, I wouldn't look at well done to everybody. They've won all Ireland in twenty thirteen and all that. But I think one man with uh, with um two all Ireland behind him, three Munster titles behind him, two or three all stars and then managing other counties as well. By a country mile I think on this occasion, um Fitzy will get his place in the goal on that best team over the last thirty years. I could South Jordan say there'll be no argument on that point. I would imagine, and the outstanding, absolutely superb um, between the posts, the ball of fire. That's what was required at the time. Scored superb goals, of course, and that penalty in '95 as well, and uh, great leadership. So, by a mile, uh, Fitzgerald will pick up the number one spot there, Michael, on this occasion. Yeah. Can I just ask one question about him? We won't, we, we won't be here all day and talking yeah. about every single player, but as a hurler, say you would have been commentating on on, on Davey for a long, long time, watching different matches, even even for, for Six Mile Bridge, as well as for, for Clare, all the way through league and championship for a long, long time. Did you get the sense that he was the kind of, he was as tactically astute as whatever you think of as a manager? Like, I mean, he has ideas on the game. He sees the field almost indifferently than other players and clearly is a really, really good coach. Did you have that sense from, I don't know, his puckouts from the way he talked to defend, the way he talked to maybe his full background or anything like that or do interviews, that he was this kind of, uh, he was always coaching, I suppose, as well, wasn't he, Davy? Like, since he was a he young was. man. Like. He was. He's from my own club at Six Mile Bridge. Not alone do I believe in it, uh, that happens, but I actually served with him for a year or two as the selector on the senior team in the bridge when he was the manager. Nice. And I was one of his backroom team. He would have tactics on pages at meetings that we'd have about every single player, every puck off, where it went wrong, why we have to change this. He was all the time on that. There was, there was no question about it. Every single ball or every single moment of the game. And uh, keep an eye on opposition as well. But absolutely, there was no question about it. This isn't something he came up with yesterday or the day before. This was something he had back at that particular time, as I said, when I was working with him, when he was manager of the senior team in the club. He's always at it. That's what he firmly believes in. And uh, but, but you know what? I'll tell you one thing about that. And this is this is something that people forget. Like it gives very it gives great confidence at times to a player who might be uncertain about one or two things. And he will take them through it, he will pace it out, and all the all a player needs is just a bit of confidence maybe to attack the ball. What happens if you miss it? More than likely if you have go for a ball, there's a fair chance you're gonna have you a good chance of missing it. So give the confidence, go for that. He was all into that, all into the players, giving them the confidence and part of that was the tactics. Absolutely. Well, a, a unanimous choice almost, I think, for, for the goalkeeper position. And uh, full back line, I think there'll be at least one man who's unanimous there. But um uh take us through who you picked actually, because there is a few choices here. 
Serena, it's your choice to see other men. How can we forget the, med- the most magical moment of all for, for a man that wore the number two jersey, as in Donald O'Donovan? He's one of the players. Michael O'Hallon picked up that spot in '95, one of the quite. I think Sherlock Nair called him one of the quite assassins on the team. Uh, he was wearing the number two jersey on that occasion in the full back line as well. But the the the, the full back line I'm going to go for. Um, one of the players now will be kind of familiar as a wing back, but he also won an all star in the full back position as well. So that's why I'm going to leave him back there. So my full back line will be Frank Lohan. Guess who's full back? In Brian Lohan and <laughs> Liam Dyle. And Liam Dyle, he won an all when he won his all star, he won it in the full back line. And they're the three players uh, that I'm going to put in that full back line uh, of the uh, of, of this, this this team. And uh, Liam Dyle, again, one of the silent players on the team. What a man he was. I thought Frank Lohan on his day, you now Mike Lohan, as I said, and Donald Dunderman, players like that were there. But Frank Lohan on his day, he was a brilliant player to attack a ball from the corner forward position, which from a corner up from the corner back position and for a corner forward that's a nightmare it's a nightmare to see a corner back out in front of you Frank was brilliant at that no need to talk about Brian at full back he has his own legendary status made and uh, Liam Dial is my other man in the full back right okay yeah yeah as you as you mentioned no need to talk about Brian Lowen he's going to be on every team the, the current manager we'll see how he gets on as, as, as the Clare manager now but he has uh, you know like I think four all-stars Mm. Um and got a harder the year ninety five and God only knows what other other accolades he doesn't you know I think everybody up and down the country knows Brian Lowen but his brother Frank I always thought very underrated herder I would agree with yeah. that but Liam Doyle is funny he's one of those because he's such a kind of a quiet character mm. um you know when he was hurling he was like a super popular player but those kind of guys can get somewhat forgotten about sometimes so you've given me food for thought now for my own team by putting him into, into cornerback <laughs> I have to say because I was very torn between himself and Brendan Bugler in the, in the halfback line but uh, yeah, yeah uh, but Doyle, Doyle was some man wasn't he like that, that uh, obviously a legendary halfback line yeah you only realise the value of Liam Doyle the day he was missing and yeah. that's, that's when you realise the value of a player like Liam Doyle to me because he's doing his job and nobody takes any notice but to the day he's missing and that job is, is looking to be a bit, little bit more difficult for somebody, um, that's the day you miss Liam Dyle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, I can't argue uh, too much with that full back line. There's like Donald O'Donovan, as you mentioned, uh, yeah. David McInerney and Keane Dillon, the kind of the t- 2013 uh, full back line and some other lads over the years as well. Brian Quinn, Michael Holler, and as you mentioned, all would be there or thereabouts, but that's a pretty solid uh, tree that you've picked there. Um, the half back line then, uh, some would say Claire's, uh, you know, the the ninety five ninety seven team might be one of the greatest half back lines of all time. Um, but then there's been some other really good players as well over the years. Ah, uh, there is. I'd be killed for breaking up the half uh, the half back line of ninety five, <laughs> but that's what I'm going to do because at number five, I have a man who won two All Stars, and that's a uh, Bugs himself, Brendan Bogler at yeah. five. Uh, again, I, I think one of my all time favourite players has to be Shawnee McMahon at centre-half-back. And if you want to go into a battle and you want somebody that will rouse up everything around him and be the character that he is and the leader that he is, Dale is a certainty for the number seven uh, jersey. So Brendan Bogler, Shawnee McMahon and Anthony Daly will be my half-back then. 
I can't argue with that at all. Dalo, I think, possibly, like, Dalo's a three-time all-star. It's funny, like, there's there's, a, there's an element where, because he's such a leader and character, he could have been a slightly underrated almost as a hurler, you know, in, in kind of, in, in history. But, uh, um, Bugler is funny, like, I mean, he won an all-star in 2012 and Claire hadn't won one, I think, in a long time, I think six years or something yeah. like that at that stage. And, and we're kind of seemingly going nowhere, but his performances on his own, he was kind of, I was so glad he kind of got the All-Ireland because he'd been there for kind of four or five years battling away in, yeah. in a pretty poor team, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about um, Brendan Bogler, and you, you, know, you go back again to the word passion. On a few occasions, on a few occasions, uh, Brendan has done analysis with me on commentary. And uh, his reading of the game, his passion for the game, his manager at the moment of the St. Helens College or in the Ireland uh, college's final, he's the he's the main one of the main men on that, uh, the main man on that as well. But he has a tremendous passion for the game, uh, no doubt about that. And as I said, on 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 commentary, on analysis, when he'd be on it, every ball he'd be played. I remember we had an argument one day live on air. I never forget it. A ball right in front of us. A ball right in front of us went out over the line, and. Uh, the, the uh, linesman indicated for a caught ball. And I said, yeah, I think the linesman is right. It was a, he came off for a clear player. And Bogues was alongside me and he said, you're wrong. He said, it came off a caught player. And I said, and I started laughing. And I said to him, uh, no, no, it didn't. It definitely came off a clear player. And just just the blink of an eye, I got his elbow into the ribs. No, to the cock player, this in that I couldn't stop laughing. Live on air, and just it was so hilarious at the time. It was just instinct. It was instinct. The same as if he, for, for about five seconds, he was actually marking me, I would say, instead of talking with me. He was marking me on the field, and uh, that was his reaction. He was determined it was a clear line ball. Was oh, it was very funny. Shawnee McMahon is simply back. What more can you say? Absolutely, yeah. for me, one of the greats, one of the really great, uh, superb players. What a quality player. All day long, you'd start. Um, I often saw Shawnee in the month of February when, as the saying would go, he wintered well. And uh, mm. my God, when that ball is thrown in at the end of May or June in the Munster Championship, a totally, totally different man and uh, superb, absolutely top quality player. Yeah. Shawnee, uh, it's funny, I was talking to someone uh, a few weeks ago about something completely different and they were asking me, and like a, a non-Claire person asked me kind of like, who's the kind of, uh, who would be the kind of cult hero, I suppose, or who's who's kind of the, the most well thought of? Is it kind of James or Daly or Lohan? And I went, I think it's Shawnee. Like, I think that, you know, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe they're all on a kind of a par with each other. But for me, I always thought that within Claire, maybe not nationally, that Shawnee McMahon is the one who everybody said he was the class above. Like he was the, you know, people will argue with Jane Clare, but you might not hear it too much outside is that Shawnee McMahon is the best centre back of all time. You know what I mean? That's the kind of esteem that he's held in, like, you know? Um, so, yeah, absolutely no surprise that you have him there. Midfield is one that I'm struggling with still, I have to say. I'm sure you did too, but who have you gone for? Yeah, midfield, uh, what a struggle it is because the, pe- the, the players you leave out. Uh, would, would do a fair battle with the two players I have put into this now to be quite straight with you but yeah. the two players I've gone for now I have to keep in mind the quality of players we're talking about I always thought that Colin Lynch was without doubt one of my favourite players uh, 
Colm Galvin, a superb player in the middle of the field. Uh, when he was in full flight, he was a quality, quality player. But you know what? I'm going to go for two players outside of those two. I'm going to go for um, Ollie Baker, is one of yeah. my players in the middle of the field, and uh, a giant surprise, surprise by uh, Tony Kelly. Yes, right, that's okay, my so midfield okay. pairing. Now, I could just imagine those two players playing together. Um, Me too, Baker yeah. Would be, yeah. Baker would be the anchor man in the middle of the field and breaking ball. And then this, this as, as, Nigel, as Gilly describes him one night, this Tony Kelly in the Honda 50 coming along and uh, <laughs> all over the place with the ball. And um, But now I go for Ali Baker because I'm going to say this in a complimentary way. And I mean this. Ali Baker, I think, is one of the players that Jellock Nairn decided, uh, okay, wasn't the most top, fluent, stylish player of all time. But he saw something in Ali Baker that I don't think many people saw. And he was determined more than anybody else, along with Mike Mack and Tony Considine, got credit is due as well. And they decided that Ali Baker only needed one thing, and that was hurling. Nothing else. Holding, holding. And I often spoke to the lads about that. And they used to have Ollie Baker in the middle of the field banging ball after ball after ball at him, trying to sharpen up the touch. But what they saw behind all that, I believe, was they saw a man who was going to anchor the middle of the field, who was going to shake it up in the middle of the field. And if you want to see the value of Ollie Baker, or you want to see what Ollie Baker is about, Look at the last couple of minutes of the 95 All-Ireland. When Ali Baker comes out with the ball, I'm not quite sure who the Offaly player was that decided to take him on. And it was like getting hit with a train. He just disappeared. The Offaly player just disappeared and Baker never broke stride. And I always said to myself that Look, Nan and Tony Considine and Mike Mack, they saw that, but they, they needed more and that's what he needed was holding. That's what they did. And I thought that now Colin Lynch covered more ground than most players as well. Colin Galvin as well is a quality player and more to come from him. And uh, Tony Kelly, again, like Brian Lohan, uh, speaks for himself. To- absolutely superb player. One of the most naturally gifted players I think you will ever see on the field. And we saw some super ones as well in the likes of the DJ Carey's, Henry Shefton, the, the O'Connors of this world from Cork. So, uh, Ollie Baker, and Tony Kelly, Michael. Right. Well, that's uh, that's spectacular. Uh, you think Kelly's best position is midfield? Well, I think, you know, I often say that I love him at centre forward. I actually love him yeah. at centre forward. I never asked where his favourite place was. He'd probably say, give me corner back and that'll do me. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> but, he, but, but what he wouldn't tell you is he'd still be below half forward line as well in the middle of the field yeah. if he was playing yeah. corner back. Um, I think he loves it. I think there's no one more dangerous when he collects the ball with his back to his own goal, no matter where it is, when, he, when his back is to his own goal and he has the ball in front of him, the best to look in trying to catch him because he is unbelievable. And I suppose I went for him at midfield, but I love him at centre forward. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. It's hard to believe he's only 26 as well. He's been around for so long. Um, six forwards then to go still and uh, again I thought mid- midfield and forward line is where it got hairy for me the, the backs were a little bit more straightforward but um, yeah like I mean there's yeah. only two or three names that are definite here and there's some legends that are going to have to be yeah. left off yeah yeah, there's going to be some big losses here but look at it you know it's like the manager you have to pick the team you have to pick the team <laughs> and that thing my half forward line is made up of a man again no introduction needed no need to talk about him he has done all his talking himself and that's uh, James D. O'Connor 
I'm going to put James Yee at 10. I'm going to put John Conlon at 11. And I'm going to put Colin Ryan at 12. Now, behind all that, uh, James, as I said, speaks for himself. I think John Conlon's service has been outstanding. He was part and parcel of that 2009 under-21 side as well. And that's 11 years ago. And uh, he's a man that has battled with injuries. But behind the scenes again, the effort that John Conlon puts in, the detail that he puts in to the smallest of things as well while playing for Clare um, has been unbelievable. And I, I went for Colin Ryan. Now, I've watched Colin Ryan for many, many years and I've known him very, very well. Um, the number of times that Colin Ryan has stood over a pressure free for Clare. Now, we mm-hmm. can all take freeze. I take freeze all day long, provided I'm 21 years old and no one looking. Right? <laughs> and no pressure. And I could hit 10 of them and spin eight of them wide. But there's no pressure. Now, you stand over a free on many, many occasions that Colin Ryan has done. He's like a man with ice in his in his in between his two wheels. And I think the number of times he has done, done that and uh mightn't be everybody's choice, but he certainly is for me. And I remember back, I think it was again you pick up the date, he was down in Wexford Park, we were heading into extra time on that occasion. I think it was twenty fourteen. And was, he yeah. had a serious, serious free to take from uh, sixty I don't know it was a sixty five or a long range free and he just absolutely right between the posts. And that's the kind of a thing that I remember Colin Ryan for. He did that day in, day out as top scorer as well. And that particular year, or one of those years, he was 2013, he was the top scorer in the country. No surprise, huge choice on that. And as I said, going back to Jamesy, what can I say about Jamesy that will, that will do him enough credit for what he has done for Clare, continues to do it for Clare, a leader on and off the pitch. Just give you one idea of what it means. I often heard mm-hmm. the saying, that good players can have off days, but great players never stop trying. Played the 95 All-Ireland. James, he had blinders all the way up to that. Things didn't, the ball didn't just bounce for him on that particular day, but he was the man that was still there at the very end. He didn't care. He knew it. Every player knows for where your game is going. He knew it, but he kept at it and at it, which again, um, exemplifies what a quality player that he was and will be one of the legends of player holding for many, many decades to come. Yeah, and never forget as well the man the match performance hurler of the year, 1997, winning point to win in All Ireland. There's not many hurlers get that moment like that, but nobody deserved it more than Jamesy. I have to say one thing that comes to mind with him, and I can't, I have to, I'll be here for two hours talking about this still. I need to cut myself <laughs> off, I think. But I, I, I want to talk to you about Colin Ryan briefly as well. But one thing that comes to mind with Jamesy, do you remember in, was it 04 or 06 against Kilkenny in the quarterfinals? And Jamesy would been, he'd been injured all year and he was coming to an end and you kind of knew he was retiring and he was brought on and he'd rarely scored a goal for Clare and he came on and he kind of took the bull by the horns and scored one of his only goals in the championship. I think it might have even been his only goal in the championship for Clare. And you're just thinking, this guy's a warrior. Like, you know what I mean? It's sometimes when you're diminutive like he is or you're a little bit kind of like um, the quieter type when a team that was dominated by the big leader backs like Lohan and Daly. And, but Jamesy was every bit the warrior that they were. Oh, he was a fantastic warrior. Oh, you see, this is it. If you, you look at the style of Jamesy, the style of James E will give you the idea that he was running around and popping up and all that. 
he was an absolute warrior. There's no question about that. And when he came back and scored that goal, I always got the impression that he was saying to people, you might think I'm gone. I'm still here. I'm doing things now <laughs> that I didn't do in my prime. I'm scoring goals. And, uh, you know, as I said, you're Michael, he's going to be forever remembered as one of the greats of Clare holding, as I said, certainly for the people that even people in years to come will read about him, about the great players back through the 50s for Clare. Everybody talks about that here and the great Jimmy Smith and Matt Nugent of this world. We can only take it that, that they were legends of the game. They were, that's the way James will be in years to come as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. Do, I can't. I have to say, John Collins a great pick, and Colin Ryan. I don't know if I'd end up going for him, but I, I, I loved your explanation. I loved your pick of him, and I always remember in the 2013 semi-final against Limerick where he got all those frees. I don't think he missed one, and Limerick shot themselves out of that game, and Clare didn't because of him. And that's and and also like people will say he was only frees. No. Maybe the odd time he was, but that day in particular, he was the best player on the yeah. pitch. Out no, from yeah. play as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you talk about only frees. One of the legends of holding in Kilkenny was a man who spent an awful lot of time on freeze as well. And one of the top men to have at the moment, he won't be remembered for freeze either, is TJ Reid. And that's the mm. way I remember Colin Wright. I tell you, again, look at you talk about a fellow only for freeze. If there was occasions when those freeze were missed, then you'd know yeah. how short your campaign would be, you know. So that's why, as I say, pressure. It's pressure occasions and how a player responded to that is a true test of their character. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, there's a full forward line there, and I have five names uh, left <laughs> in my head. And uh, there's only three places still, so I don't know who you've gone for. And I have ten names on my list, but I will go down to three. The three I'm going to go from the full forward line for me is going to be Nigel Gilligan at 13, Sean yeah. O'Donnell at 14, and Conor McGrath at 15. They're, okay, right. Now, that's interesting because I was yeah. going to fight someone to the death about Conor McGrath, but you've gone for him anyway. Um, because I think on his day and for maybe the first kind of six or seven years of his intercounty career was mm. Clare's most dangerous and best forward. Niall Gilligan, we'll talk to you about him now in a second. Mm. But uh, Shane O'Donnell actually um, is a very interesting one because Shane O'Donnell would have come in obviously a, a superstar on his first ever day almost, mm. you know, mm. but then has kind of plugged away kind of quietly almost since and yeah. become kind of Claire's, he's become the, the go-to forward that everyone thought he was after day one, I suppose, when he was 19 years old, you know. There was a brilliant statement made after the 2013 All-Ireland. I was talking to Dr. Pauly Quinn who was with the team and this was a month afterwards. You know, and he was saying, do you know what he said? I feel sorry for Shane O'Donnell because every day now he goes out and plays the game and he doesn't score 3-3. Three, three. It would be a poor day <laughs> for Shane O'Donnell. Which is, if you think about it, you know, let his mark a 3-3. Three, three. I remember Michael going into to, uh, Crow Park on that particular day. Uh, the strangest thing of all happened. and uh, I, I, If I'm exaggerating, I'll say three, but definitely two journalists came to me above in the in the uh, commentary box and they asked me something about Shane O'Donnell. Who was he? Where did he come from? And I think the year before, or maybe 18 months before that, I said to them, he played above in Mullingar, in Cusick Park in Mullingar, uh, against Down in an All-Ireland minor quarter-final. And I said, he's come from there and now he's playing in the All-Ireland final on this Saturday evening here. And I said, he's, he's one of those players. I said, I hope it goes well for him. That's what I said. I hope it goes well for him. Smashing, lad. And as I said, 3-3 on that occasion. The secret to Shane O'Donnell for me is that 
you, you look at Shane O'Donnell. If he was standing like side you, you say, look at he's, he's a handy cut of a lad. By God, try and take him on. <laughs> Ask the Waterford players two or three yeah. years ago. And uh, try and take him on. And if you think you saw the best of Shane O'Donnell in 2013, I'm going to make a prediction that the best of Shane O'Donnell is going to come over the next few years. I think he has developed into a, a lethal player, a, a serious, serious player. And I think you will see the very best of him over the next couple of years. But for the mark he has made and for the times I have seen him um, over the last few years of... Um, Pulling something out of the hat for Clare, uh, he's a, a hugely exciting player in my eyes, no question about that. And uh, one I look forward to over the next two years. Okay, brilliant. Well, look, there's no, uh, there's no Sparrow, there's no uh, yeah. a couple of others there, but um, Sparrow was coming you... so close, so close. Yeah, he definitely was. Bring him off the bench after uh, after 50 minutes, he'll he'll do the job. But um, Niall Gilligan, uh, you know he. Club, club man of yours he's been in the box with you a lot on commentary his passion is absolutely brilliant on Claire FM I have to say but um, one of those hurlers like I mean I, has he finally retired from six month bridge or is he going to is he going to give it one more year even again or don't, um, don't mention the war <laughs> he's probably he probably retires every winter and if then is, is think, called back in last year. If you think I'm going to tell you that Nigel Gilligan has retired <laughs> and the next thing you headline there in about three or four weeks' time, Nigel Gilligan is back before he has a base scores the winner for the Junior B team in the bridge. Forget it. Uh, Nigel Gilligan, uh, no, he's not retired. I put it to that. I'm not saying he'd be back, but I'm not going to say he's retired because I'd expect to see him before <laughs> everything goes according to plan. I expect yeah. to see him appearing someplace in 2020. Uh, Gilly, of course, one of the top scorers uh, for Clare uh, throughout his yeah. campaign. He actually he actually started an inter-county senior holding game for Clare before he started for his club, Six Mile Bridge. And that all happened in 1997. He only commanded the mm-hmm. sub on the bridge teams up to then. But in 97, if you look at the photograph, Michael, of the 1997 uh, All Ireland team. Do you know the photograph is taken just before the throwing? Find yeah. that. Find that before the day is out. You will see something in that that I reckon you won't see in any other photograph. Holding a football in the country, count the players, and you'll come up with 16. There's 16 players in the 97 photograph, and um, in, in that, and uh, Gilly was one of those. He was the man that started it, and Fergal Harris, he was the man that stood in for the photograph and then went back to the bench. So keep an eye on that. And that was Gilly's uh, first starting. He started very shortly afterwards then for uh, Six Mile Bridge as well. Conor McGrath, but I'm going to put my, my neck on the line here and say if I had to pick my top three players over the last 30 years that I would have on the side, Conor McGrath would be in the top three. He, I think he's a phenomenal player in his campaign. I've watched him over and over. No, okay, maybe people make out now that maybe he has lost half a year. He's gone through some huge injuries as well. Yeah. And um, I hope would, uh, would I give anything to see this back, back in Conor McGrath. Not for Catherine, no, by the way, if they play six on bridge in the championship, but for, <laughs> for Clare against America, or if they go further than that. One of my top players, no question about that. I would pick no team over the last 30 years for me without Conor McGrath and uh, one of my quality players. So that's the 15, and um, all abuse or or misleadings can go directly to you. (laughs) (laughs) They can, yeah. I'll take take the hit. Don't worry, because it's all about opinions, and ultimately it's people's vote. They can get on 
they can get on and vote themselves on balls.e now we like to get somebody who's seen it all either as a player or as as like yourself still as a commentator who's watched all these guys god only knows how many times in club and county level yeah. and give your own unique perspective and it's great to get it and it's a very interesting team yeah. and um, I'll go through it again now to find two comb in a while <laughs> and see uh, but look I, you've rep, you've uh, you've 10 clubs represented there as well which yeah. is brilliant you know and it just shows you the kind of depth and of, of kind of hurling and care that people might not really Realise that there's an awful lot of um, an awful lot of clubs there. I think Joseph's with three, and your own club with the Bridge have two. Um, Wolf Tones obviously the two loans, and then all other clubs, um, uh, seven other clubs represented. So um, it's a, it's a very interesting team, and it just shows you how successful things have been in Clare over the last uh, thirty years that we're able to kind of have such debate about it because uh, dare I say, if we'd done the previous thirty years, you're probably just looking at kind of one or two. Uh, teams that might have might have come and gone, but uh, long may it continue. Long may it continue. Uh, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we have time hopefully. and I'm talking to you. A number of those players mightn't even make it. <laughs> so. That's it. We have a whole new team in another thirty years. Yeah. Um, Sil O'Connor, thanks so much for taking the time uh, for us today. You can hear Sil on Clare FM um, when the the club championship starts, and then obviously eventually when the when the All Ireland or the Munster Championship starts. Um, with Clare and Limerick in the the joint league final and uh, and uh, Munster quarter final, silly. Look forward to that one. Oh, for a day! I imagine I, I, you know somebody's going to pick up a cup after the first round of the Munster Championship. We didn't see that before, so definitely that'd be a next occasion there, and hopefully it'd be great. It would be fantastic if the crowds could get back in and we could get on top of this thing that we can see and the whole world standing still. It would be it would be fantastic. But look at people. I've, I've spoken to a number of supporters, Michael. They're just mad to see action on the television or listen to it. They just want to see something happening and uh, take their mind off of what's there as well. So hopefully that will happen and it would be fantastic. Absolutely. Sil O'Connor's uh, Clare 15 for 30 is uh, David Fitzgerald, Frank Lowen, Brian Lowen, Liam Doyle, Brendan Bugler, Shawnee McMahon, Anthony Daly, Ollie Baker, Tony Kelly, James O'Connor, John Conlon, Colin Ryan, Niall Gilligan, Shane O'Donnell and Conor McGrath. What a team that is. Thanks a million, Sil. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great stuff there. Sil O'Connor, the voice of Clare Hurling and indeed football on Clare FM. Um, you can definitely hear more of Sil's stuff when the championship, uh, the club championships start underway if you're, if you're a Clare person listening to this. Um, they always have lots of good club games on and then definitely when the, when the county season starts again, eventually, whenever it does. Um, Mark Farley joins us now. Mark, how are you doing? Not too bad, Mick. I'm looking forward to seeing these teams because I'm guessing that they're going to be mostly, like you're going to pick your team now, it's going to be mostly like Sills. It's a mixture, mixture between the mid-90s All-Ireland winning team and the 2013 All-Ireland winning team, which are like, I'd love to see how they, how they play together if they were a team because they're very no. different. One's, uh, one's like lads that are lightning quick, moving the ball at speed, Shane O'Donnell types. Yeah. The other is... Madness! They got watching that awfully game uh, back during the lockdown, and it was just like lads diving head first in front of balls and, and hurlies, and you need you need nearly a permit to get out onto that pitch. Sills, <laughs> Sills midfield. I, I made one cop out change during when I kind of admitted to him when uh, when we were doing the interview there that I'm going to change one of the picks based on something he did it just gave me a good idea but the other thing then I already had my midfield picked and I didn't change it but his one talk about being exciting of mixture of two teams you had Ollie Baker and Tony Kelly 
playing in midfield together, which is the most, it's the, it's the greatest odd couple partnership of all time. It's little and large. It's everything that you want in a, in a, in a double act on a, on a sports field, never mind even just hurling. And I just thought it was, it was so intriguing to me. Like, but yeah, you're totally right. I was saying that, like, you know, you have this kind of new generation of, like, some of the most skillful hurlers in Ireland, which isn't something that's always been associated with Clare. We'd always have one or two, but a big load of them. Whereas back then it was like warrior spirit and, you know, a mixture between the two of them would be borderline unstoppable, you'd think like, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so our teams do look like that. Still didn't have anyone from outside of the All-Ireland winners. And I don't think I do either. Although I have to say I'm making uh, some picks on the fly here because I can't decide as I've been, do- I've been trying to pick this for eight weeks now. <laughs> so let's jump into it. Who have you got? I presume you've got Davy Fitz and goals. I've got Davy Fitz and goal. I think that's going to be unanimous enough decision. Um, the half, the full back line. Then I went for the two Lowens, which are going to be in. I think everybody's team. Frank Lowen. I didn't read. Really, still was talking about him there, but one of the most underrated players, like you know, ever. It's because he's beside a legendary brother his whole career, you know. But Frank was an unbelievable player as well, like an unbelievable marker. And yeah, I went for Liam Doyle in in like Liam Doyle's wing back the whole time I was looking at him, but did play cornerback originally. Uh, just one of those class hurlers. But yeah, like it was Sill's idea. And I, I have to say David McInerney dropped out of the team. So that was, that was the 2013 uh, connection there, who is a very, very good player, but you couldn't have Liam Doyle out of it. And then it ultimately came down to, Liam Doyle was definitely going to be in the team. And then it kind of, I suppose, became between Brendan Bugler at five or David Mack at two. And I went for Bugler. Two-time All-Star went for Bugler. Was there when Clare were winning nothing, and was yeah. the be- like you know one of the best players. And yeah, so I went for him alongside. Nobody will be surprised at Shawnee McMahon and Anthony Daly. The rest of the half back line. And then your midfield. Midfield, the complete opposite to Sill. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I love the idea of Baker and Kelly. But uh, I've gone for Colin Lynch and Colin Galvin. Uh, Kelly, I'll have in the forwards, but Lynch. I love Ollie Baker. I spent a nice talking hurling with Ollie Baker one time after uh, a show that we did before the 2013 All Ireland, and was just absolutely fascinated by him and all the stories he told. It's a completely different kind of story than you get in all the books and the official stories. So it's like I love the way his brain worked when it came to the game and and, and the way he analyzes his own career and everything like that. And he was a great player. But Lynch was like nearly my favorite Clare hurler ever. Like he was the epitome of the wild man midfielder covering every blade of grass, getting crucial scores when you needed it, getting crucial hooks at the other end. I don't understand how a team could not have Colin Lynch in it if he was available to be picked. And Colin Galvin then, hopefully still more to come from him, but, uh, you know, he is, uh, when he's on song, Clare are on song. You know, when he dropped back against Galway, when Clare were basically beaten in the 2018 All-Ireland semi-final against Galway the first day, he completely changed the game. And Claire came back into it and got a draw and um, probably should have won the replay. Uh, so Galvin, for me, when he's, on, when he's at his best, is massive for Claire. Uh, half forward line then, I went for John Conlon, a wing forward where he spent most of his career at number 10 before he kind of moved inside laterally. Uh, Tony Kelly at centre forward, which is his best position, I think, as, as Sill does, as we talked about earlier. And then James O'Connor, you don't really have to say too much about James O'Connor. That hasn't been said already. And then a full yeah. forward line of, I agree with Sill on both Conor McGrath and Niall Gilligan. And I've gone, I don't know whether this is sentiment or what, Mark, but I've gone for uh, the Sparrow, 
Gerald Lachlan. Oh, the Sparrow. Ahead of Shane O'Donnell. And like, Jesus, not many lads will go on and get 3-3 in an All-Ireland final at 19 years old and then go and be a brilliant hurler for the next seven years so far. Um, so it is a bit horrible to leave out Shane O'Donnell. I don't really, like, I, I, he's nearly my favourite player on the Clare team at the moment. But uh, yeah, you couldn't be leaving out the Sparrow, you know. Yeah, it's a great. That's Super interesting. There's a couple, what are the like, I know the voting look. There's lots of time yet for people to get their teams in and submit them. Exactly. But from what you've seen so far, where are the most contentious decisions? Is it midfield and kind of Sparrow yeah. versus Shane O'Donnell? Midfield is wide open. A lot of people are voting for Kelly in in midfield and in the forward. So it's basically because Kelly has so many votes. It's basically between the four lads that we've talked about in midfield. The wing back position of Brendan, like uh, to be honest, David David McNerney does look like he's going to get into the full back line. But again, it's only Tuesday, and this will run till Saturday morning. But uh, Brendan Bugler versus Liam Doyle looks like a straight shootout, and it's like, it's funny because they're they're both from two small intermediate clubs. I think Whitegate Bugler's club might be senior now, but they're traditionally intermediate. Um, and uh, Liam Doyle is from Budike, which are basically right beside each other, two small villages in East Clare that are right beside each other and they've produced Claire's two best ever right half backs that have to fight against each other to get so into you let this you in the box though that's what I want to know <laughs> if you have to make decisions <laughs> I don't know I haven't seen him I have, I've never seen him on the squeeze box now I have to say so maybe Bugler gets in on that and the, the forever tanned legs you know so exactly those, like you, have to, you have to be thinking ahead of like if this for this theoretical match happens <laughs> and they win the theoretical 15 for 30 on Ireland who's going to be leading the sing song <laughs> Yeah, I, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. And then the full forward line is wide open. So McGrath is like, it's, it's funny because, again, I don't know about you, Mark. So you would have watched a lot of Clare games or you would have, like, you know, being a casual kind of fan or the casual viewer of the game without being a fan of Clare. So it's hard for me to understand. But I always get the impression that Conor McGrath is so much highly, more highly thought of within the county than he would be kind of nationally do you know what I mean I think people kind of yeah. forget the kind of things that he's done because he has been kind of quiet for the last couple of years since his injuries so he's someone that probably wouldn't be favoured to get in but I think will sneak in if you get me and, yeah uh, those types I remember last year on the pod, we, on the three man we podcast we were talking about the types of players who are underrated around the country but yeah. are fully appreciated in their own county which is yeah. slightly different to just being generally underrated yeah absolutely yeah yeah I think and I think there's a good few of them I think um you know, still playing for Six Mile Bridge, 44-year-old Niall Gilligan could be one of them as well. You know what I mean? I think Gilly's going to get in. So I think Sparrow, Shane O'Donnell, there's other lads there as well. Like Tony Griffin won an All-Star in 2006 when Clare were probably just starting to be, like they were about to go into their worst phase for three or four years. And, um, you know, he's got some votes. You've got the likes of uh, PJ O'Connell fingers. He might have only had two two good years, but they were great years, and he's got a great nickname and sentimental reasons. <laughs> I think a lot of that is as well. Um, you know, um, who else have we got? Uh, Dermot McMahon, uh, Jerry Quinn was like probably the most talented. I say if you're looking at Shawnee McMahon, Anthony Daly, Liam Doyle, the famous backline, Jerry Quinn came after them, but was like super talented player. But it's funny, Anthony Daly was talking about him on his podcast only this week when he was manager of uh, Claire and he kicked them off the panel for breaking the rules saying I knew I was going to bring him back like because I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't have someone <laughs> marking Ben O'Connor if I didn't have Jerry Quinn but I had to lay down a marker as well so I didn't know what to do 
I brought him back after two weeks. <laughs> uh, so he was that kind of player, but unfortunately probably had all them. Pat Donnell and captain them to win All-Ireland 2013. Uh, you know, so there's loads of players that are out there that are all getting votes, to be honest. Like, you know, but uh, it's up to people to decide. I don't know. That's my team. That's Sills' team. We're only two people, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, another name that you haven't mentioned there, I don't know if he's going to, like, there's so many players, especially the two Atlanta winners in as well, is that Pod Collins is another man for me that I think is slightly underrated around the country because he's such, he's like, you need that type of player in there as well. Um, if you're picking this team to go out and play a match, yeah, he's like, he's going to get around the field. He's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, if you're talking about a perfect kind of, blend of what we were talking about in terms of the 90s team and then the team of the 2010s we call yeah. it uh, Podge could be that man yeah absolutely yeah yeah I, def- I, de- I actually I actually had considered a Podge on a previously but then did, didn't, didn't scribble down his name here like again he's getting votes he absolutely is I can't see him making the final team I suppose his his star has burned too hasn't burned brightly for long enough I suppose he's kind of had fits and starts but like last and year also going to play football year, for a last, year exactly yeah the last two years he's been borderline back to his best in a very different way though he's not the kind of like guy who's going to get the point from you know or the backhanded pass or the, the, the point from the sideline or whatever he's more of a ball winner now and a kind of a coming out as a third midfielder but he's still doing the job like so there's lots of time for some of these lads to kind of have an impact in the next few years as well the 2013 lads you know they're not gone yet like I was saying to Sil can you believe that Tony Kelly is only 26 and will be 26 for this year's championship yeah you know? can you look I'm just looking at the team here looking at Sil's team on here. I think yours is pretty much the same in that there is one player from the 2013 or the 2010s altogether. Yeah, uh, or the, sorry, the 21st century altogether in the back <laughs> seven. Uh, and yeah. then the forward line is uh, packed Nearly full all of the, of the 2010s. Yeah, so shows you exactly the difference, doesn't it? Like, well, yeah. well, here, this is what they say, right? So think about what happened in the All-Ireland, um, you know, in, in the year Clare won the All-Ireland. They were leaking goals all over the place. It was the reason they didn't beat Cork the first day was Anthony Nash scored you know, the free and they were just le- leaking goals, but they were able to score five goals in the All-Ireland final. Whereas the problem with the 113 to 2-8 was the final score in the 1995 All-Ireland final, mark, you know? And <laughs> Claire was the thing, it was like the best backs you've ever seen and James O'Connor up front and the Sparrow yeah. maybe knocking the two in best, goal. The two you best uh, full-back performances in the history of All-Ireland finals on either side. Yeah, on the same day. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Keenan and Brian Lowe. So that's, I think that kind of makes sense. Like, you know, but you've got in there as well, like just in terms of like, it's funny because we're talking about sometimes it being, you know, Davies All Ireland and Lucknan's All Ireland and these Warriors and you know versus the kind of the short pass and kind of greyhound kids like but if you think about it like you've a hurler of the year in Brian Lowe and a hurler of the year in James O'Connor a hurler of the year and young hurler of the year in the same um, breath as Tony Kelly and God only knows how many All Stars in there as well like so very very good players as well like that would actually be as good a team as you could put out like against. Anyone, you know, you'd think maybe, yeah. So I'm happy enough with that. Uh, so we'll see what the we'll see what the listeners think. I'm sure they have their own ideas, and I'm I'm just a, a gobshite from Dublin who thinks he's a clear man. Better be the gobshite from Calvin who thinks he can talk about Claire Hurley. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave it there. As I said, thanks to Mark for indulging me there, so I could talk about my own team. I I, I will. Do the same for him when we do Cabin in a few weeks, um, as as we did for the Balls of the E lads. 
uh, from Mead when we did them a few weeks ago. But uh, that's all the time we have for you. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed Sale. And do get on and vote for your Clare team, be you a Clare fan or not. Get on to balls of the go to the GA section. Easy to find. Pop in your 15 names. We'll gather all the data. We'll count the votes and we'll get the team up, the official team, on Saturday. Until next week, take it easy. Thank you.